Just to get by with another episode of Echo Chamber in your dome. What people? What? Yes, it's the full fat version of the podcast. So we're going straight in with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 24th to the 26th of May. Yeah. Okay, so at number 10, we've got Mucklauer. I do know nothing about it at number nine we have amazing grace the aretha franklin uh little film at number eight poor control mighty pups at number seven the hustle still killing it in the top 10 at number six avengers endgame at number five Pokemon Detective Pikachu. At number four, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. At number three, The Secret Life of Pets, Dwarf 2. At number two, Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic. And still at number one, it's Disney's Aladdin. What? Okay, so this week we're um, we got one review, one review, and oh my gosh, what a review it is! Well, I should say what a film it is. I ain't saying what a review it is. It's kind of bigging myself up, but um, hey, that's up to you, people. You make the choice. But uh, yeah, listen, enjoy, and uh, track down. All right, let's get into it. Okay, people, so I have just watched Starfish, which is from A.T.Y., Al White, Um, and Al wrote the film, directed the film, Um, he also handled um, the, uh, the soundtrack for the film, which... Hey, it makes a lot of sense. Um, And I have to say, you know, this is such a compelling and interesting film. It it really is. Um, Oh, and I should also say that Al also executive, executive produced, he edited... And worked on um, creative design. Um, now, the gist of the film is this. When a mysterious signal from an unknown dimension summons the end of days, it appears as if only Aubrey 
is left on earth, trapped in the apartment of her recently deceased best friend. The only clue she has is a single cassette left behind after her friend's death, labelled, This mixtape will save the world. Thrust into a mystery orchestrated by her friend and stricken with grief, Aubrey begins to piece the clues together, uncovering a series of tapes, all with pieces of the mysterious signal. Along the way, progress is impeded when monstrous creatures begin to overrun the world and enclose in on her. Aubrey is forced to fight off the encroaching creatures and move beyond her own crippling grief in order to find the remaining tapes. But will completing the signal save the world? Now, that, you know what I mean? That sounds intriguing, right? It definitely does. And to be honest, I knew none of that before going into the film. Um, a lot of the times, you know, like, people hit me up and, you know, they're like, oh, we have this to review, um, can you review it? And, yeah, you know, for the most part, it's always, yeah. And you get to trust these people, you know, when when they're sending you films, and especially the way they send it. So, um... I have to thank Kalia uh, for for sending this through to me because I loved it. I'm gonna say that off the bat. I love this film. It's so intriguing. It's so different. Now, your the, the film kind of starts with um, Aubrey in a uh, in a. Um, funeral she she's gone to the funeral of her best friend so she she's there and then it soon moves to the wake um Aubrey is played by Virginia Gardner um and she's gone to her friend Grace's funeral who's played by Christina Matteson um yeah so she's at the funeral and it goes into the wake and you can see she's anxious she doesn't want to be there she's just upset upset and one of the first things that really kind of gets you is she's drinking a drink and she looks down and she's drinking through a straw okay she looks down and there's a a a bee I'd say a bee a wasp something like that inside of the glass she then looks up and so she's drinking out of this striped straw, you know, one of those stripes that kind of goes round, you know, in a circular around the straw, and so it's a red stripe, and the stripe starts to unwind very slowly, and it's done in such a subtle way that if you're not paying attention, you will miss that, but that, straight away, that got me, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I think, I think I'm going to enjoy this, and so we have this happening, and, like, she's leaving the the wake, 
would they I, I think that would be a wake right after the funeral um so she's leaving the wake and people are like oh we know you we know you and she's just like ah i need to be out and she's outside and then this other lady comes to talk to her and um you know she's talking about how grace always mentioned albury like every time they talked and like she said like, Aubrey would understand this song and she would help and blah, blah, blah. and you can see Aubrey like thinking when she, when she's getting told this so she goes uh and she breaks into Grace's apartment which yeah of course that's what you do right you break into your dead friend's apartment and so we're seeing all of this stuff happen and it's all just you know it's not rushed it's well paced it's slow it's methodical and we're seeing these actions and like when we're seeing the apartment it's getting shown to us in this way that's like oh yeah this is it this is you know the craziness this is just how it is and so you're seeing it like things disheveled over the place a bit of mess you know the neat the neatly packed other things and and it's all kind of just laid out in this way which is kind of I don't know it's hard to really describe but there's a elegance a poetry to it you know so we're seeing this and it seems to be all be trying to get to terms with the friend and the loss and the grief and everything like that and she's looking around um there's a telescope she looks through the telescope and the telescope is looking into the bedroom of this other couple and so she sees this other couple getting changed and going to bed and yeah so there's all of this stuff going on and you're like how is this fitting into what you know what this film is like what is gonna happen what is this film but it's slowly unfolding and I, I really enjoyed just these early moments because it really helps set the tone and the feel of things and also how you would see the film because we're getting we're then getting shown kind of flashbacks and faults and stuff like that but they're not like clear faults and so this is the thing in a lot of films when you see flashbacks it's all clear it's crystal clear you know it, it's just like another image but what we're seeing here Everything is slightly opaque. Everything is slightly distorted. Which makes so much sense. Because it's a fault. And it's not always. It's not always a crystal recollection. You know. Like, there's often times you, you remember something. But only aspects of it are at the forefront. And other bits are in the foreground. And we're not seeing it or remembering it exactly how it was. And so this is what is invoked here, which is great. There's a moment she's lying in her friend's bed. And so she's lying in the bed and she can't sleep and she's trying to think. And then she looks over and she's kind of sees 
there's this very faint kind of outline of her friend lying next to her. And it's just like, oh, oh. And then she has to go lie on the couch. And it's just like, that makes so much sense. Because, listen, it's your friend's bed. So you'll think, right, this is what my friend could have been last before she died. You know what I mean? It makes sense, but you're not seeing it clear. Obviously, you're not seeing it clear. It's just a fault. It's a vision. It's something like that, you know? So we see that, and she's lying in bed. And, you know, she's then having thoughts of, like, sex and stuff like that. Well, she's just seen the neighbours getting it on. So, yeah, so she's having this fault. But, again, it's kind of superimposed over... um, you know, her, so we're seeing this image, but it's, again, it's an opaque overlay, and it's just such a great idea, such a great way of trying to get these things across to you, and we're having all of this, but then suddenly she's getting a message on a walkie-talkie, and this is where everything gets moving, so the message is just like, look, you know, I've been working, I'm a friend of Grace's, we've been working to try and stop what is happening, and it's just like, stop what is happening? Um, oh, because, yes, um, there's a, 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 you know, a knocking on the window, like, we, she goes into thing, and something is, like, growling and knocking at the, and she's just like, what the fuck is going on? What's going on? You know? Um, because it, outside it looks like it's devastation, and there's this knock, and there's growling, and so then suddenly the walkie-talkie goes, and she holds the walkie-talkie, and the, the growling goes, and then she's getting told this, you know, I'm a friend of Grace's, we've been working to try and, you know, perfect this signal, and, you know, it's all of this, and she's just like, wait, what is happening, I don't understand, I don't understand, but then she realises, because, you know, Grace sent her a tape, and in the apartment, she's seeing all these kind of indications of more tapes, and there's clues about listening to the tapes, and the message will be there, so she then has to set out to find the tape, and ah, oh, this is the crazy. You know what I mean? It's like she's on this to try and think about. Okay, because it's just like I've hidden the tapes only where you will know, and the messages will be in the songs and bum bum bum. So she's trying to think, and there's these di- this diagram, and she's trying to follow that and think, and so this is what we're watching. And it's just, man, it's captured in such a fantastic way. And with the visuals comes the music. And when you learn that Al is in a band and he handled the sound for the film, makes sense. Because the way the music is incorporated into the film, it's just... It's great, and I love a film that finds unique ways to incorporate song and sound, and this does it so well, so well, and we're just kind of, she's going through to find these messages, and um, there's all these obstacles on the way, like these different creatures, these different 
beasts, these different manifestations. And she has to hide from them. And as she's hiding from them, like other things kind of, other thoughts come to her, other visions, other recollection, rec, recollections? Recollections. Recollections. Like remembrances. Meh. You know, memory. Memories. Yeah, that's the word. Well, it's one of the words. I mean, there's other words. There's the R word, but I can't think. It sounds wrong. But memories. Yes, memories. And she's having all of this. And it's just so crazy because we're sometimes given different visualization to these things. Like at one point, it's a cartoon. And it's just intoxicating. It's just incredible it's, it's it's fascinating it's fantastical and it just fits it just works you know it really works it talks to you it's like this crazy psychedelic lullaby um so yeah she's on this mission this scavenger hunt as it were to find the missing pieces of this puzzle so she can save the goddamn world. And so all of this is happening. And, uh, you know, as I say, look, one of my favorite films. Well, no, ah, I need to walk that back because it definitely isn't one of my favorite films. But one of my favorite moments from film is Terminator 3. And you're thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? But. The bit in Terminator 3, at the very end, that's the thing, it's not until the very end of that film that I'm like, oh, shit. It's so all the way, like, you know, in the film, Schwarzenegger is saying to Danes and Furlong, look, I'm, I'm come here to save you. I'm come here to get you. And she's like, okay, okay. And then at the very end, he takes them to this nuclear bunker Locks her door, and they're seeing on the TV that the world is still getting fucked. And she turns to him and goes, "Wait, you're meant to save the world. What's happening?" And he's like, "No, I've come to save you, not the world." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's great." And um, no, that doesn't happen in this film. <laughs> there's no, there's no T one hundred. You're either taking him to a bunker or anything like that. But the ending of this film is just another great ending that's like hits you from left field, and you're just like, oh shit. I did not see that coming. That was crazy. And I, yeah, just loved the end of this film. It's just so good. So good. You know, on the way, we've got these visions. There's conversations with Grace that she's having. And all the time, we're like, you know, we're kind of getting the gist that something happened. You know? There's something happened. There was an infidelity, a breaking of trust. But Grace has forgiven Aubrey. But we don't know exactly what happened. We're also seeing this crazy vision of a dude. Um, 
And we don't quite know how that happened. So there's all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, from the wake to suddenly the earth is ending and everyone is dead. We're just like, yo, so what happened there? So we don't know any of this stuff. But I like that. I like the fact that we're kind of in an, I don't know, like we've got amnesia. And we've forgotten a lot. And we're trying to piece this shit together. That's great. Because we don't need to know everything. We don't need all of that. It doesn't need to be like this linear tale. You know, I think it works the fact that there's a lot we don't know. We don't understand. You know, it's just great. But, you know, at the very beginning, it's like this is based on a true story. And so you wonder, is this all an allegory? I think that's the one I'm looking for, an allegory. Maybe it's not, but um, we'll go with allegory and you'll understand. I'm going to talk, you'll understand, because that's what we have. I sometimes pronounce things wrong. I get sayings wrong. But I think you can work out what the fuck is going through my head, right? But... So I wonder, with all of this, with everything that's going on, is it just an allegory for grief, you know, because you're, you know, suddenly everything is fine, then suddenly everything is devastated, right, there's these monsters, that every time you try and face something, these monsters, this fear, this anxiety comes up. And pushes you backwards. So you're trying to find ways to cope. And music is one of those things that helps take you to another place. Because that's one of the joys of this film. Because we all know, yeah, every you listen to a song and you remember, oh shit, that reminds me of the time I was on a date with this girl. Or, oh, that song was playing on the road trip with my friends. Or, oh, when I heard that song is when I got the news that this person died. And boom, 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 boom. So we know songs can take us to different places. So... This is the thing. Is this whole film, this whole trippy sci-fi horror, is it all just kind of going, look, it's a way of dealing with grief. Grief hits you in all these different ways and we use these mechanisms to cope with it. And you have to... Sometimes just stand there, stand in the face of it all, stand in the belly of the beast and just stare it down, stare it down and only then can we fully escape the hold it has on us. That's my fault, that's what I'm thinking, maybe it is that, I don't know, I could be completely wrong all I do know is I enjoyed the hell out of this film I really did and I think look if you like kind of weird abstract films if you like stuff like Donnie Darko 
if you like stuff like eternal sunshine for the spotless mind i think that you will embrace this film wholeheartedly that you will fully enjoy it you know the performances are great <laughs> you know what i mean i think it is just virginia gardner is incredible as aubrey because so much is on her because there's big chunks of the film that are in like basically one location and we're going from the way she's talking the her her facial cues you know the all of this kind of things like her talking to um the tortoise bellini I think Bellini, I think that's the name of the tortoise. But yeah, just her talking to this tortoise and just things like that. And all of this, you know, she's able to give you this idea of what's happening. Give you a sense of grief. Give you a sense of fear. Give you a sense of hope, anxiety. She's able to paint this picture with her great performance you know so yeah if you like these weird kind of films with these kind of odd messages within them i fully recommend that you check out starfish right now it it came out on the 28th um so yeah that was just um just the other day came out and you'll be able to get it on all those digital platforms you know what i mean so amazon itunes google spotify all of them places that you can get video on demand you will be able to find this so grab it people grab it consume it enjoy it all right it's starfish and it's by A.T. White. Al White. Alright? Enjoy. Okay, people. So, um, yeah. Listen, if you get the chance to see Starfish, you definitely need to grab it. Because it, it's a fantastic film. Alright? So, um... Okay, you know the drill. We'll get into the end of the episode. So, a bit of film news and then we're going to bounce. Well, with the recent success of Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man seems to be all the buzz right now. So, you know, lo and behold, but MGM have um, greenlit a... Uh, a film based on the life of Boy George. You know, he was in um, Culture Club, you know, Come a Chameleon and Crying Game, all of that. So, um, Sasha Gervais, who um, directed My Dinner with Herb, has been, um, you know, he's going to write and direct the film. And, um, yeah, like, no word in really to when it will come out. But, um, 
you know, it's going to explore, you know, like as they usually do. It's going to be um, looking at the early origins of Boy George. You know, he's... Uh, humble beginnings to um then become you know i uh a chart topper with um you know karma chameleon do you really want to hurt me and all of that kind of stuff so um yeah keep an eye out for that if you're a fan of all of this musical malarkey, okay, so, um, next up, well, Tahiki, um, Wahiki, yeah, Tahiki Watiti, well, yeah, <laughs> it just sounded wrong, um, he, uh, well, He's been set to direct a live-action adaptation of Akira. It's been gestating at Warner Brothers for over a decade, and it is finally, finally gonna be, um, you know, getting in behind the camera. So the film is um, the the plan is to release it May twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's not much else. I mean, they're trying to, um, you know, take benefit of a tax credit. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think the, the word is definitely to start filming pretty soon. And the film is set in the wake of the Third World War. The story um, it, it takes place in the rebuilt New Manhattan, uh, where a leader of a biker gang saves um, his friend from a medical experiment which unleashes his latent powers. The gang's leader must find a way to stop the ensuing swath of destruction. So, yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. You know, because I think it's revered, isn't it, really, as a, as, as a classic film. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see um, to see what happens with it all. But, um, okay, some other, uh, some other big news. Um, or is it... Uh, yeah, I think fans have been calling it for it for a while, and it sounds like it could be happening. As word is that, um, yeah, word. Ugh, my my words have just gone from me, man. But um, yes, no. The word is Calodrius. Um has been hired to um to make a film possibly a trilogy on the classic computer game star wars knights of the old republic yeah so um yeah leiter claudius 
um, supposedly is being set to write the script. Um, you know, uh, I mean, word came, you know, a, a, a little while back that there was two trilogies in the planning and other stuff. So this could potentially be the other stuff. Because we know that, um, yeah, we, we know that uh, the last director, uh, Ryan Johnson, yeah, he's got a trilogy. And then the Game of Thrones cats have got a trilogy. So, um, yeah, who knows what's re what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, the, 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 this could... Um, could well be the thing but yeah you know i think it is kind of big as well because it's the first female writer of a star wars film since empire strikes back and you know that was a great film so fingers crossed that this um this can live up to that eh but uh yeah we will see um but yeah, people, I think that's the end of another episode because my words are escaping me. So, um, yeah, watch films, enjoy yourself, and I will see you next Thursday for another episode of Echo Chamber. Actually, we're gonna have another. We're gonna have another couple of episodes out before then because we've still got a little bit more sci-fi London shit for you, baby. All right, so um, yeah, check it out. All right, and remember, share with your peoples and leave some ratings, people. Leave some ratings.